Welcome back to The Average Shepherd. I'm your host, Deacon Sam. It is a pleasure to have you along for the journey as we try our best to live up to the example of the one good shepherd. So today's homily podcast is for Friday in the third week of Easter, and I've entitled this homily, Learn to Turn. I have to start with an apology because I wasn't able to put out a podcast on Wednesday. And uh, the reason for that is because last, well, this week and for the next three weeks, I've been called to serve as a catechist in the local public school. And so that's an honor and a privilege to be able to do that. Uh, But it just means that the parish priest will be the one offering the, um, the homily instead of me. So I'm going to continue on by doing Fridays and Sundays as usual, and I'll try and squeeze in a uh, couple of gospel reflections as far as possible. So we'll stop mucking about and get right into it. Uh, I'm going to actually start today by reading the first reading because that's uh, the reading which I'm preaching from, but then I'll go into the gospel because I also make reference to that, and then I'll give my homily. So it might be slightly longer than usual. A reading from the Acts of the Apostles. Saul was still breathing threats to slaughter the Lord's disciples. He had gone to the high priest and asked for letters addressed to the synagogues in Damascus that would authorize him to arrest and take to Jerusalem any followers of the way, men or women, that he could find. Suddenly, while he was traveling to Damascus and just before he reached the city, there came a light from heaven all round him. He fell to the ground and then he heard a voice saying, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? He asked. The voice answered, I am Jesus and you are persecuting me. Get up now and go into the city and you will be told what you have to do. The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless, for though they heard the voice, they could see no one. Saul got up from the ground, but even with his eyes wide open, he could see nothing at all, and they had to lead him into Damascus by the hand. For three days he was without his sight and took neither food nor drink. A disciple called Ananias, who lived in Damascus, had a vision in which he heard the Lord say to him, Ananias, when he replied, Here I am, Lord, the Lord said, You must go to Straight Street and ask the house of Judas for someone called Saul who comes from Tarsus. At this moment he is praying, having had a vision of a man called Ananias coming in and laying hands on him to give him back his sight. When he heard that, Ananias said, Lord, several people have told me about this man and all the harm he has been doing to your saints in Jerusalem. He has only come here because he holds a warrant from the chief priests to arrest everybody who invokes your name. The Lord replied, You must go all the same, because this man is my chosen instrument to bring my name before pagans and pagan kings and before the people of Israel. I myself will show him how much he himself must suffer for my name. Then Ananias went. He entered the house and at once laid his hands on Saul and said, Brother Saul, I have been sent by the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on your way here, so that you may recover your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately it was those scales fell away from Saul's eyes, and he could see again. So he was baptized there and then, 
and after taking some food, he regained his strength. He began preaching in the synagogues, Jesus is the Son of God. The Word of the Lord. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. The Jews started arguing with one another. How can this man give us his flesh to eat, they said. Jesus replied, I tell you most solemnly, if you do not eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you will not have life in you. Anyone who does eat my flesh and drink my blood has eternal life, and I shall raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is real food, and my blood is real drink. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood lives in me, and I live in him. As I, who am sent by the living Father, myself draw life from the Father, so whoever eats me will draw life from me. This is the bread come down from heaven. Not like the bread our ancestors ate, they are dead. But anyone who eats this bread will live forever. He taught this doctrine at Capernaum in the synagogue. The Gospel of the Lord. So in today's first reading, we witness two conversion experiences. The first type of conversion we see is the major type. It's the type we hear about most often because it's the most dramatic. Unfortunately, it's also the type that not everyone gets to experience. I'm speaking here of Paul's conversion on the road to Damascus. The first reading tells us that Paul, then called Saul, is traveling along the road, quote, breathing threats to slaughter the Lord's disciples. What does that mean? Well, you might hear of someone who loves football or golf or any other sport described as living and breathing the sport. The same kind of analogy, I think, is being used here for Saul, but it tells us that he was breathing threats to slaughter Christians. In other words, his entire life was bent on destroying the followers of Jesus. We all know how this particular story ends. Saul is struck blind on the road. Christ appears to him and changes his life forever, and he goes on to become Paul, one of the greatest disciples who ever lived. But there's another conversion that takes place within this story, one that I think is a bit more subtle, but is perhaps more relevant to our lives. I'm speaking here about the conversion of Ananias. Ananias, we are told, like us, is already a disciple of the Lord, a follower of Jesus. And he's called by the Lord to go and lay hands on Saul so that he might receive the Holy Spirit of God and have his sight restored. And despite the fact that Ananias is having a vision of the risen Jesus, he still hesitates, and I think with good reason, and says, Lord, Several people have told me about this man, Saul, and the harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. His concern here is the fact that Paul, Saul is well known for killing Christians or, and arresting them and persecuting them. But Christ responds, You must go all the same, because this man is my chosen instrument to bring my name before pagans, before the whole people of Israel. Then it says, and Ananias went. So he did what he was told eventually. So what, what does this story tell us? What does the, the example of Ananias tell us? 
It tells us that God's ways are not our ways. It tells us that God's plans are beyond what we can comprehend ourselves. It tells us that even as faithful followers of Christ, God is going to call us into service and ministry that might make us uncomfortable and even scared at times. I mean, at first, Ananias couldn't see past the fact that Saul was a political enemy. But by turning, which turning, which is the same in Greek as converting, by converting from his own opinion and instead doing the will of God, Ananias brought to Christ one of the greatest saints to ever live. We too are called to do the same in our lives, to bring Christ into places we think are hostile, whether that is to pub, as into public schools as catechists, into our families, our extended families, our friends, our neighbours, whoever. So let's ask ourselves the, the question, what can we do today or, or this week in particular to bring Christ to someone who needs him? Let's not be comfortable Christians. Let's take up the challenge, the challenge that Ananias accepted. So we're all called to be disciples like Ananias. And like him, we're not left alone. Just as Jesus appeared to Ananias to give him direction and comfort, so too does Jesus come to us in the Eucharist. And we heard it today in the Gospel. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood lives in me and I live in him. It's by living in Christ through regular prayer and reception of the sacraments that we come to know his will. And it's by continuing to live in Christ that we're given the strength to do it. So let's pray together for that grace. Lord Jesus, we adore you, we welcome you, and we worship you. We open our hearts and invite your Eucharistic presence. Give us your hands to work with, your mind to think with, your light to see with, your heart to love with. And give us your will that we may always live in you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you all, and I'll see you next time.